Hello, this is Things Christians Want to Know, my new favorite podcast, although I'm a little biased. This is Nate Johnstone, and I'm here with Paul Anderson, and we have been talking about heaven, which is definitely something that Christians want to know more about. Paul, do you want to give us a quick recap of where we've been so far? I will. I started out by saying that if we have something to look forward to in the evening... It affects our whole day because mm-hmm. we have something ahead of us. If we have something to look forward to on the weekend, it affects our whole week. If we have something to look forward to in the summer, like a vacation, the North Shore, it affects that whole spring. So we have a forward look. And I found myself not taking advantage of that when it came to Scripture. In fact, when I looked at heaven, I really wasn't that enamored by it, especially the pearly gate emphasis and the golden streets. But when I studied it, and especially the book of Revelation, obviously, and chapter 21, I got excited about things like the new earth. And I, uh, I began thinking more about it. And so I see the need for helping people with hope for the future so they can cope in the present. Ooh, yeah. And if we get that picture in front of people so that they're thinking a lot about it, looking forward to it, it's going to affect this short period of time that we call our lifetime. Yep, I agree. So uh, we've been looking at Revelation 21, and I conveniently put R's with every point, and here's uh, what we've looked at so far. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. That R is recreation. God is going to uh, rebirth the earth. It's going to be a renewal, says in Matthew. Jesus talks about the renewal of the earth. That excited me Mm -hmm. when I could think of Wow, exploring something like Yosemite restored, and the, or, and in a lot of ways the planet has gotten sort of messed up, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways we haven't done our duty of stewardship that we were commend commended with at the beginning, and so the idea that God is going to come in and heal it yes. is is a very hopeful thing, I think. Yes, and you just give a clue to the. Point I'm going to emphasize number six, responsibility. We'll get to there. Okay, to I'll hold one. on to that. So the first one is recreation, and we think about a new earth. Second, listen to this. Then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What is more passionate than to go to a wedding and think about the future that this bride and groom have together? They're testifying publicly that they love each other. And we know the experience they'll enjoy of sexual intimacy on the honeymoon and the rest of their life. And that's a picture God gives us of our relationship to Jesus. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom. And it started with a walk and it ends with a wedding. Number three, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is 
with man. That's not what I expected. I thought it was going to say, we're going to be with God. We're pulled out of here, and we escape, and we get to heaven. We escape everything from the earth. No. God is coming down to earth. Instead of us with God, it's he with us. God himself shall be with them. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. Love wow. him. Wow. Number four, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is relief. So we've got recreation, romance, relationship, God with us, and now relief. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things. And former means everything in this life mm -hmm. have passed away. I have friends that lost loved ones, lost children. We lost a child at birth. I look forward when the former things have passed away to meet those who have gone before. Mm, to meet your child. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Number five. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who was thirsty... I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Refreshment. Mm -hmm. On a hot day, water can sure taste good, can it? Mm -hmm. And he shows us the refreshment of a thirst satisfied. It's my understanding from heaven. No desire unfulfilled, no thirst unsatisfied, no question not answered. Heaven is going to be a place where we'll get it. Not all at once. Mm -hmm. I think little by little. And we'll keep growing, like you said last week. You'll, we, we'll keep exploring, we'll keep growing, we'll keep learning. We'll get closer and closer. So it's something really, it's dynamic. It's not static. Right, right. That's exciting. And that's an important issue. Because a lot of people, I think, have miss thought about heaven as being bored. You tell a teenager, oh, it's going to be wonderful. We're going to be singing for all eternity. And they'll say, okay, where's my harp? <laughs> right. Where Do I get wings? Hooray. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That's And I think that's why some people can wait. They're not thinking about heaven because they're not all that excited about going there. But when we start talking about the new earth, and what we're going to experience and how we're going to grow. And my last two points here, responsibility and rewards, that's worth looking forward to. So let me read about uh, responsibility, which is number six. And we're still in Revelation 21. We're in Revelation 21 and 22. And it talks about... Are here we go. The night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign. They will reign. Doesn't say Jesus is going to reign. We know that He reigns, but we will reign. We'll have responsibilities. The servants, you remember, who are faithful over a little. Yep. They were going to get responsibilities over much. The parable of the talents. Yes. In this, in this new place, come and share your master's happiness. 
And so we will have responsibility. That excites me. I like to work. I like, I like seeing people creative. I like, uh, I like to grow and, and learn how to do something better. And we are rewarded for responsibility with responsibility. I like what you said last Sunday. You said that where we go will be related to our belief and how we live that will be related. You said it better than I know. How we, how we live it will be related to our behavior. behavior. So how we live this life impacts how we live the next life. And our responsibilities will be affected by how responsible we are here. Mm-hmm. So, And that is exciting because hopefully all of our listeners have experienced this. But when you work in a something that is fulfilling for you when you are using your gifts when you are doing something that you are called to do um, right now doing this podcast i feel joy doing this mm-hmm. i'm enjoying myself i can tell it's work sure mm-hmm. um you know my, i'm not home with my family there's sacrifice involved so yes it's work but it's fun there's joy in it because i am supposed to do this you may not all agree with that but, <laughs> but i feel as though this is something I'm supposed to do, and I certainly enjoy doing that. And when I think of that taking place in heaven, of us being able to use our gifts, for us being able to have truly fulfilling um, responsibilities, I, I don't know if I want to say occupation, but responsibilities, roles, yes. um, that is really exciting. And I think of a lot of people in the world, maybe even the majority of people in the world, they don't get to do that mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. They, most people do not get to do that with their day job. Yes. They, they work their day job to keep their family alive. Yes. And that's what their day job is for. And so the idea that in heaven, in eternity, that day job is going to be a, something that we can't wait to do. We won't wake up in the morning and say, oh, Mondays, and have sad cat posters. It's going to be like, hey, excellent. Today we're doing this. I can't wait to go. You know, uh, that that's an exciting thing. Yeah. I think that would, if people got a hold of that idea. That that's part of what heaven is. Mm-hmm. I think that would really turn people on. I think that would excite people a lot. Let me give you a few verses that talk about this. Jesus promised to overcomers that they would have quote authority over the nations. Hmm. What's that all about? Revelation yeah. two twenty six. Authority. There's some kind of ruling that we will have. We will have nations apparently in heaven. It says in both Revelation twenty one and twenty two that there are nations in heaven and those who are faithful. It's not the big shots, but it's those who are faithful Mm -hmm. will have authority over nations. Paul wrote to Timothy that if we endure, we will also reign with him. 2 Timothy 2.12, we'll reign with him. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. That we are co-regents with Jesus. And listen to this exciting promise concerning those purchased from every tribe and language and people and nation, God has, quote, made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign. Do you know where? On the earth. On the earth. We're reigning on the earth. Mm -hmm. So it's like what we talked about the last couple weeks, that it's not so much our escaping out of this life to heaven, but it's a new, recreated, rebaptized earth 
that we're going to be living in mm-hmm. and exploring and giving, having authority over, we will reign on the earth. And this really, this really is all over the New Testament. It is. I mean, throughout all the Gospels, throughout Paul, here in Revelation, the, the idea of um, when we die now, we go to heaven 1.0. We know that mm-hmm. because absence of the body is presence with the Lord, Paul says. It. We know mm-hmm. that. So, you know, your parents that you mentioned who have gone on before, they're in heaven, heaven 1.0. But then at the end of the age, there will be the return of Jesus, the great throne judgment, and all that ensues there at the end of our current epoch of yes. human history. And then begins or begins and concludes the recreation mm-hmm. where we have a new heaven and a new earth and the picture of the new Jerusalem coming down to earth when God comes down to dwell with man. And so our eternity is spent primarily on this new earth. Yes. Um, and the new earth may be the beginning. Maybe that's just the first recreated place. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we'll go on and have other planets. I mean, eternity is a long time. <laughs> so who knows? Mm. But this idea of being on the new earth um, and seeing that um, that recreation and being there is is really exciting. Very exciting. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place. Right. He's, he's getting something ready. So the heaven that talks about here is, is under construction. Right. If, and, and Jesus said the meek or the humble will inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to inherit the earth, there needs to be an earth to inherit. Why would you want to inherit a planet that's going to burn or whatever? Which is what I used to think. I honestly used to think that at the end of the age, God would... End the earth and be done, and we'd go to heaven because why yeah. would we need the earth anymore? Yeah. But no, he's going to recreate it. Love it, um, and it's going to be what it was intended to be. I think a Garden of Eden throughout the whole planet, and that's why the humble inheriting the earth is actually a pretty awesome thing. Yes, it's an incredible thing worth looking forward to for sure. Which is our point. We want to hope so we can cope. If somebody said to me they were angry with me and they said. Paul, go to hell. I would say to them, I don't think it's created yet. I think it's under construction. Because according to Revelation 21 and 22, the first person to go there is the Antichrist, then the false prophet, then Satan and all his imps. So it's a work in progress as heaven. Heaven is a work in progress Jesus is getting it ready, and then we will have a part, a responsible part, in reigning with him. And I love that verse. It's it's one of the, there's a number of verses that I find really funny. And one of them is that Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says, if this was not true, I would not have said this to you. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say, is, yeah. right? Um, and so for some reason, either they didn't believe him, or they thought he was speaking metaphorically. But he's like, no, I am literally going to prepare a place for you. If I wasn't serious, I wouldn't tell you this. This is a real thing. Yes. We're talking about something real. So we're talking about a real place that Jesus is going to be preparing. I think that's so funny. Look, guys, I'm serious here. If yeah. this were not true, I would not be telling you this. I am serious. There is a place that is being prepared. A place. Place, yes. again, physical. Yes. A physical place, a place in the next life. Yep. Okay. Number seven. Number seven. And then I got seven points. It's a good number. Yes, it's a good number. And this is, they're all good, but this is really good. 
rewards. 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 I think most people would consider that a good word. Jesus said, Behold, I am coming soon. Revelation 22, 12. My reward is with me. He's bringing it with him. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. So, like you said before, your quality of life here impacts your quality of life there. There will be those who make it by the skin of their teeth. 1 Corinthians 3, 15 says some will barely make it. And boy, it'll be wonderful. Mm -hmm. But there will be those who, because of their faithfulness on earth, We'll have more. It's like an awards banquet. I used to play basketball at the end of the season. We had an awards banquet. There are those that were just glad to be on the team, and they were rejoicing. And then there were those because they lettered. That's a that's an award. Yep, that's they got in. They they were on the team, but then there were those who got most improved player or most inspirational or most outstanding, and those were rewards too. Did you ever get any of those awards? Actually, I did. Do, do you want to tell us? Or are you too humble? Well, <laughs> I was... Because I know you were quite the basketball player. I was all-conference as a junior and a senior, and I was most valuable those two years as well. Congrats. So, and did it, did it make you feel good? It made me feel really good. <laughs> you have a smile on your face even now talking about it, and this was <clears throat> years ago. Yes. yes. So rewards can be a good thing, obviously. They are, and it's worth going for. And we think, oh, we shouldn't go for rewards. Paul said, I press on for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was going for it. He was. But you bring up a good point that, and I've heard people say this in the past, that it's wrong to live your life in order to get rewards in heaven because we're supposed to do good things and follow the Lord because we love him and out of a response to what he's done for us. So that should be our motivation, and it shouldn't be to get rewards. And, and I see what they're saying, and the answer is yes. We do uh, good works, if you want to call them that. We do good works, certainly James calls it that, in order to show our appreciation to God and out of love for God and out of obedience for God. We definitely do. That is the primary motivation. But there is a secondary motivation of getting rewards. And that is a valid motivation because Jesus talks about it all the time. Often. Paul talks about it all the time. Yes. It's all throughout the New Testament. It is. This idea of living your life now in order to be rewarded later. Mm -hmm. And it's a valid way to live and it's motivational. You mm -hmm. said last week, you said that motivated me. I'm motivated by that. And it's a, it's a clean motivation it's a proper motivation but it sounds selfish to some people mm -hmm. to say that i'm going to live i'm going to do like make this decision for example in order to get rewards later that sounds a little selfish um but just because something is in your own best interest doesn't make it selfish jesus said don't lay up treasures on earth lay up treasures in heaven what are those they're rewards yeah and jesus wouldn't ask us to do something that was bad <laughs> and he asked us to do this a lot he yeah. really emphasizes that we need to be thinking about the age to come, the resurrection of the just, the ne the next phase of life. There's there's a lot of things that Jesus calls it, but that, that this idea of the next part of our life after we die, after we live this fleeting time here on earth, we need to be focused on storing up treasure for that time, rewards for that time, Absolutely. to the point of sacrificing things now mm -hmm. in order to have more then. 
And I know what some people are thinking as they hear this. I ain't going to get anything. I'm not a Billy Graham. I'm not a Mother Teresa. And let me say something to you. Neither am I. But Jesus said, if you even give a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you will certainly not lose your reward. So it's not for the big shots. It's not for those who are preaching to millions, or although it may be. It's for those who are faithful with what God has given them to do. Mm -hmm. When I was with my father, and I asked him a question shortly before his death, I said, Dad, do you have any unfinished business? And I'll never forget his answer. He said, no, I did what I was supposed to do. Hmm. What a great thing what a, to be able to say. What a way to hit the tape. Yeah. I want to say I did what I was supposed to do. That, that may not be winning thousands or tens of thousands like Billy Graham, but faithful to what God has given me. If you're a Sunday school teacher in the second grade and you touch those children and change their childhood because of your teaching, you will in no way lose your reward. You are mm -hmm. storing up treasures in heaven. Those who work on the garden on Saturday at the church and no one else knows, but they're doing it because mm -hmm. they love God and they love his people. It says, he sees you in secret, yep. and he rewards you. Rewards you openly. Openly. God yeah. who sees what's done in secret rewards you openly, which is very interesting. It is. Because that really sounds like the awards banquet you were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. Re rewards you openly. Picture the Olympic one. They're yeah. standing on the platform. And I think we'll see a lot of people on that platform mm. that we may have known in life but had no idea what they were doing and how faithful they were being Absolutely. to the Lord. I think that dais is going to be covered with praying grandmas, <laughs> for example. Yeah. People that were like, she never wrote a sermon. She never wrote a book. She never led anyone to the Lord. She never, you know, whatever criteria we use to like fill up our brownie points with. Uh, no, but she prayed. She prayed for her grandkids. Yeah. And she did it all the time. And she's got the gold medal. Absolutely. Because she was faithful to the calling that she was given by the Lord. I think there's going to be a lot of praying grandmas <laughs> and a lot of stay-at-home parents mm -hmm. sure, who might think, well, I don't have time to give anything to the church. I don't have time to do, do anything else. I, I'm with these kids all the time, but they're faithful. I was a stay-at-home dad, for those of you who don't know, for over six years. And there were times in that period where I did struggle saying, I'm not doing anything. I'm not being productive. Um, and God really led me into, into a lot of things and understanding that I was doing what I was supposed to do. And therefore I was fully in the will of God yes. and fully fulfilling my destiny in that moment for that day, for those years. Yes. Cause I was doing what God, God called me to do. And I even, you know, believe from scripture and this could be a whole nother podcast, but you know, what was Jesus doing before his ministry started? He was 30. That's really old for back then. Mm-hmm. He didn't start his public ministry till 30. Well, we know his father Joseph was dead. And that means that Jesus, as the oldest, was in charge of the family. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was taking care of his family. Sure. He was working. He was making sure his brothers learned the trade so that he could leave and do his ministry. 
so that he knew his family would be taken care of. But he was legally responsible for his at least six siblings. He had at least six because it said he had uh, sisters, plural. He could have had more than two. Um, and he was in charge legally of his mother as well. And so he had to help raise those little kids. He had to be like a dad to them. And he had to provide for them for all their meals and for everything else that they needed. He had to train his younger brothers in the trade. And so for at least some of that time, mm -hmm. I think years, mm -hmm. what Jesus was doing was taking care of his family. Mm -hmm. And so that is no small thing. Mm -hmm. For those of us who are raising little kids, raising grandkids, <laughs> helping to raise them, that is no small thing. God himself spent, I believe, years doing that exact thing. Yeah. And he believed it was so important that he postponed ministry until he was 30 years old doing that. So it wasn't a little thing because no he could have simply allowed his family to strike it rich so that they didn't need his money anymore and take off. Mm. He could have done that, obviously, but he did not. He put in the time and he put in the work to take care of his family. And I and obviously that's something that God cares a lot about. So.